Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Pajera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. We're chatting all things Week 7 recap of the NWSL on today's episode. So a quick reminder, subscribe to us on YouTube. We're also a podcast, so follow, like, and download so that you never miss out on a single episode. We're back at it, and happy Mother's Day. To everyone out there who's celebrating, to everyone out there who is commemorating, uh, we just want to send the Good Mother's Day vibes because we've got a lot of mothers to celebrate mm-hmm. or remember, however you choose to to celebrate this day. Uh, how you doing, Lisa? It's good to be back at this with you. Oh, it's so good to be back at it. And, and happy Mother's Day. I want to echo that. Shout out to my mom. She listens. So, hey, mom. Yeah, um, same. I should, I should specifically yeah, you, shout out my own You should, Sandra. I'm going to shout out your mom. (laughs) Love you, mommy. I actually just saw her, you know, today. Uh, It's nice to. um, That's good. It's nice to celebrate Mother's Day like multiple times. So like for people who don't know, like Mexican Mother's Day is always like on May 10th. Like it never changes. A lot of Latin American countries like celebrate it on May 10th. So it's always fun to like have multiple Mother's Day exchanges like with my mom. And and the moms just milk it too. They're like, yes, come hang out with me, children. They love it. It's uh, it's all good. look she she more than deserves it so uh i not to toot my own horn but i just gonna i want to say that like i think i got her a pretty good gift this year oh, i'm not gonna expose it and, like say what it is but i'm just gonna say oh. that like she got a little emotional about it so oh, i'm pretty proud of myself <laughs> love that love a little sentimental gift uh yeah shout out i mean every year i try to just level up my sisters right like that's the competitive <laughs> thing we do it's like 
I win Mother's Day. <laughs> better gift for uh, Amazing. Um, I had that so this weekend. Mother's Day is, of course, packed with NWSL. Uh, but full disclosure, I didn't watch any games live on Saturday night. I was hey. a little preoccupied at Look. the Lincoln Financial Field with my BFF, Taylor Swift. Um, had a great time. Had it was it fantastic. I actually had to rock my merch this week. Look at you. Today. Well, you're coming. You're coming through with the proof. You're coming through with the proofs. Oh, Absolutely, I love that for you. Love that uh, for Taylor Swift. Honestly, right? Mm -hmm. we keep hearing about all all the eras. Um, let's maybe talk a little bit. Let's fuse those. The Mother's Day era. Maybe that's what that <laughs> was this weekend across NWSL. Uh, kind of saw a lot of different looks uh, from, mm -hmm. from moms across the league. It was nice to see the United States women's national team account and all the club accounts celebrating moms on the teams. Uh, let's, let's oh. talk a little bit about the games when we get a chance though. I mean, hold on. You're talking about Mother's Day and all the things that the teams did. I don't have time to wait until we get to racing Louisville. Oh, let's do they it. Had the best, the best yes. social media Mother's Day shout out. 100%. It was fantastic. If anyone hasn't seen it yet, head over to Racing Louisville's social media accounts because they did a tremendous job for their starting lineups. They had the players' moms come on and say, my daughter, number whatever, and then the player's name. It was fantastic. It brought me to tears. They had the reserves do it as well. It was really, really cool to see everyone's moms, first of all, and to see how proud they are of their daughters playing playing for Racing Louisville. Um, it was so fantastic. I, I really loved that. So I definitely want to give a shout out to Racing Louisville because you guys made me cry. Uh, I was definitely in my feels about that. Mm -hmm. Another funny part about that was watching the intros and I was like, it's so funny, like watching some of these intros and literally seeing the faces of some of the players like within their moms and you're, like before, like they're even saying the player name. You're like, this is so and so's mom. Yeah. That's and so the and dogs, so all the moms like holding the dogs in the picture, like standing next to the dogs. I was like, this is this is amazing. Yeah, get moms was, and dogs. <laughs> yeah, like Jalen Howell's mom, and then like Savannah Demello's mom. I was like, oh, there we go. There's Howell. There's the. It, it was very, very good. You'll love to see it. Um, loved the planned and pre like prepared content and like seeing that come through. Absolutely excellent. Again, we're we're celebrating. We're celebrating all the way through the end of uh, the end of Sunday. Let's let's chat about um, some games that have just Actual finished. Games. Uh, there were games that happened, so we're going to chat about them. If you're joining us, you're probably just exiting the Kansas City Current versus San Diego Wave FC match. That ended 2-0 in a victory for the Wave. Lisa, I see you got your handy-dandy notebook. Do we want to run it back on the picks for this one to remind the folks? Well, we failed completely on this one. We both picked Kansas City, and we, we picked this game actually last during our preview. And by the end of our previews, we're always a little uh, getting a little stir crazy there. And we <laughs> put score lines on this one. Gosh. Um, I said a 1-0 Kansas okay. City was going to get the win, and you said 2-1 Kansas City would get the win. Um, so yeah. we're both pretty wrong on yeah, this one. Uh, Diego came out and surprised us both. I guess once around the mulberry bush and back again, we're sort of right on some things, but close in others. Who knows? But this was not one of them. Uh, Kansas City Current uh, at home. Good crowd. Good environment uh, on a bit of a streak, let's just say. But not didn't exactly come continue in, in this game. I don't want to say the wheels have fallen off. 
again question mark but it's almost like yeah, they're, yeah. they're not completely back on like for example going into this game we're looking at the starting lineups i think that's maybe one of the things where we're looking at the surprises along the way or maybe not surprises if you're taking a look at the current we saw adriana french back in net uh for kansas city current to start this game uh we saw kaylin sheridan uh, the typical starting goalkeeper for the wave. And we did just to throw it back to the preview when we were mentioned, we were like, Hey, maybe it might come down to something like this, depending on what we will see for Kansas city current in goal. If it's French versus uh, Kalen Sheridan, that this could be a lower scoring game because of the good goalkeepers that would be responsible for keeping it that way. But despite San Diego getting the, the win in this one and the two goals in this one, one of them uh, coming in a bit of chaos and it's ultimately credited as an old goal yeah. off of uh, AD French, some, some chaos created by uh, by Alex Morgan. But uh, when we're looking at this game, if it's freshest in our mind, are, are you convinced that this is this is the game that's going to get like San Diego Wave like back on track? Because they came into this one on a bit of a skid. Yeah, I I think they think it's the game that's going to get them back on track. Um, frankly, I, I wasn't like overly impressed with what San Diego gave us though. Like this, the way that this game came out, um, yes, it, it's a clean sheet. And I think like when you're looking at a team like San Diego, that is coming off of um, not just a two game skid, but three goal deficit in their last two games. Um, they conceded six goals in two games, which is very unlike them and very unlike Keelan Sheridan. I think that they look at this shutout win over Kansas City as a massive step in the right direction um, to kind of turn the page and, and get back on that side of things. Because once you start digging yourself into that hole of conceding a lot of game, conceding a lot of goals, not picking up points in games, it's very easy to just kind of like hang your head down and, and go. But to climb yourself out of that hole whole not just with a win but a shutout does wonders for defense confidence um and for Kaylin Sheridan I think that's exactly what she needed at this point even the fact that the first goal that San Diego scores in the opening 25 minutes 25 minutes right it was around there yeah um it, it's accredited as an own goal so even if like that's not even like that positive it's not like wow they scored a banger of a goal like they're back doing san diego things it was forced by alex morgan but it ends up ricocheting off the post and then off the back of ad french finding the back of the net um so alex morgan's mother day mother's day goal is like in her grasp and then slips out very quickly uh, apparently she doesn't cool. care though at the halftime they asked her and she was like a goal is a goal which yeah. i believe a goal is a goal, especially when your team needs to score goals because they haven't been doing it enough. Um, you talked about lineups, right, with both of these sides. Kansas City, um, we thought they were turning things around. They struggled a little bit last week against Angel City. They, they went down three goals and then fought their way back in with two goals. And now we see a, sh a shakeup with them because head coach for Casey, uh, Caroline Schwablum, talked about the difference between Cassie Miller and goal and AD French. And she said that in training, they're, they're, the same. they're doing wonderful things, fantastic stuff. And it's just if a player's doing well, you want to consistently give them time. So we saw Cassie Miller get very consistent starts and she was getting shutouts for Casey. She lets in three goals last week against Angel City, and now we see A.D. Franch in goal. And I don't think it's necessarily a knock on Cassie Miller. It's more just like, okay, you're both doing so well in training. Let's give Franch a try now. 
However, she lets up two goals against the San Diego side. But defensively, Kansas City had an entirely new structure and system than what we're used to seeing. It's It's been a 3-5 for Kansas City with wingback players and three center backs. Schwablum talked about how tactically she always wanted to go to this four-back system. She didn't want to do it her first two weeks on the job as the interim head coach. Now, week three under her, this is their fourth game under her, I believe. Yeah. And she has switched to this four back and they look disjointed. They didn't look as cohesive as they could be defensively. And I think that Kansas City lacks so much of their attacking presence in the flanks without those wing back players with with Haley Mason, Keith Delfava really being those outside four and five players. players which is like the outside back position in a four back they could not get up they didn't have the freedom to really really push into the attack and I think that's what hurt Kansas City I think they're more effective with the three back and then five in the midfield with wing backs no I'm with you you hate to see it maybe come down to the adjustment that ultimately could have been the, the downfall it was it's again it's weird I'm gonna keep using that word a lot week seven was weird, weird for me y'all, and I'm gonna keep keep that energy throughout this episode but I mean even even with this game I think it was a tale of two halves also but for both teams like the first half just really left something to be desired for me I mean you're talking kind of even in a sense where it was like mm-hmm. attempts uh total shots where it was like five apiece and then you've got uh, two apiece for 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 uh, attempts on target possession mostly split it, it just wasn't it just wasn't this sort of like firecracker uh, mm-hmm. of a game, which I don't know again we, in our prediction we didn't necessarily predict that either but I think when you look at how things end up shaking out for this team Kansas City ultimately closing this game out with 20 shots right compared yeah. to 10 from San Diego and still even though in attempts on target for a piece for this team it just it just the energy was it's like they couldn't really figure out a way to try and look dangerous when they actually were in dangerous spaces. I think if right. you're the current and I think some of the more or some of the better opportunities, I think was in was in like dead ball situations, yeah. oh, you know, for, for the sure. Current. So it's just it, it's just it's just you're kind of for me, it's just kind of wondering where it's like, well, is this just perhaps like we're going to like see this in an, maybe an ongoing thing for for the current this year it's like yes they they made some good moves in the offseason um but they still have hefty injury reports coming into these weeks um you know Kristen Hamilton is one of those players that has that has been on an injury report more or less and you you wonder um you know her unavailability and what that could could produce for a Kansas City current side I know a lot of folks are happy that the, the Dubinia is back and we're in that camp as well but mm-hmm. if you're isolating a player like that right and kind of neutralizing them maybe it, it it bodes well for the opposition and and we see the wave coming out yeah. on top with, with the two with the two goals and a clean sheet which is something that they Massive. definitely want after conceding so many in the last two games. Massive for them and yeah I think that with Kansas City you said it right they had two set piece opportunities towards the end of the game of course Dabinia stands over them and they are nearly goals. Sheridan makes an incredible save on the first one. The second one goes just over. But you can't rely on set pieces and dead ball situations, especially because the way – I mean, San Diego's first goal ended up being an own goal, but that that was more of a fluke. It wasn't necessarily Franch's fault, uh, just the way the ball ricocheted for sure. The second goal, however, coming right before the halftime for San Diego, completely Kansas City's fault. They – they're trying to build out of the back. I'm, we're not sugarcoating things here, Sandra. It's week seven. We're just, you know, pushing you in the dunk tank. They can't clear the ball out of the back. They win it defensively and they play around with it. They give it right over to Kristen Westfall. Yeah. 
it's like, here you go. You're only nine yards out. Why don't you have the ball? Um, pretty much what it looked like. It was, I felt so bad, but like horrible. And then connects with Bell Breedy, who's about the penalty spot, uh, centrally and who just buries it. It it was rough. That was like really rough to see. And I thought they were maybe going to get one back with those set piece opportunities that they got like a lucky chance and opportunity. That's it's, of one of the reasons why you have a Davino in the field because she can take set pieces like that, but nothing coming for, for Kansas city, San Diego squeaking out with three points back on the right side of the the winning column, which is where Casey Stoney wants to be. Yeah. I think it, it, it's tough, right? I think when you've got not just, not just new faces in the mix for, for either side or any, any team this year, but you're talking like first year players who are really kind of taking those steps and, um, you know, getting, getting minutes as, as professionals and putting them in and being asked to, to do, do this in positions that are pretty important, like specifically along the black line, for example, whether it's somebody in a Robinson or, or a Soto, I mean, and, kind of excelling in, in spaces and in areas more in spite of the circumstances um, and instead of, you know, sort of being given the opportunity to kind of come in and grow. Right. So I, I think eventually there will be these, there will be those moments. There will be those oopses, those, those whoopsies, you know, along the way. Um, and as the season continues to get longer and longer, maybe you might start to see them rear their heads a little bit more as we kind of really, we're really heading full steam ahead into the second uh, quarter of the season. Um, speaking of another weird game, let's keep it on Sunday's uh, matinee, New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, New York versus uh, Gotham FC versus Orlando Pride. This one ending in a 0-0 draw. I think when we're looking at maybe the numbers a little bit, we were just looking at some of the the closing numbers and stats out of Kansas City and San Diego Wave. Can't help but look at that in this game as well. Orlando Pride putting together a good ship, uh, you know, going on the road, making things difficult. Mm -hmm. Can't find one in the back of the net in this game, I think by, by halftime sort of felt like they were kind of attacking a bit in, in waves kind of pelting a little bit, but another really strong game from Abby Smith for, for again, looking like that kind of perhaps under the radar, biggest off season free agent signing, maybe like, is that too early to say um, for, for Gotham and, um, and Abby Smith, I thought this was just another one of those games that, gets a point, gets a result, and you can look to your keeper and just shake the hand and say, thanks, well done. (laughs) Massive. You and I both had Gotham getting the win in this one over Orlando. Of course, that didn't happen. We thought it was going to be the Lynn Williams show. That as well did not happen, but you're exactly right. Abby Smith, goalkeeper for Gotham, had a tremendous game, Um, a fantastic couple of saves, and, and that's the thing about a goalkeeper. If they make one or two massive saves in a game they've done their job right they've they've kept the expected goals that should go in for the opposition out of the back of the net and and that is 100% job well done by Abby Smith um the one of the best saves i think i saw was on an opportunity cross into the box from Orlando Pride Ali Watt the substitute that got the start midweek for Orlando cuz remember Orlando is is one of the teams that played challenge cup midweek um and Ali Watt gets a header, redirects it on frame. It's it's a goal. And then Abby Smith comes diving oh. out of nowhere and just pokes it wide with her fingertips. It was really, really impressive. I 
I screamed, I think. When that I, I love wow. that you're, I love that you're bringing up Ellie Watt in this opportunity. You see at this moment when Smith makes this save, Ellie Watt like reaches for her head and is like, oh my gosh, like you could just, it's one I of those know. moments where you're like, that was it. And yet somehow there, it didn't go in. It doesn't go in because of Abby Smith and her positioning and her reaction to this, uh, to this moment. Uh, I mean, it was both like, I, I wanted that goal for Ali Watt yeah. too, because it was really good. Like the buildup from Orlando, the header, the execution of it, the timing of her header, but then the save, it was like, wow, that's just Im incredibly impressive as well. Um, and forgot them. No, Jenna Neiswanger not yeah. available in the midfield, which I think did change things a little bit for this team. I, I like the way she plays in the midfield. I think she does help them a little bit, but ultimately, I mean, nothing finds the back of the net. It's zero, zero. And this game had weird vibes as well, Sandra. Yeah. I, I mean, weird. I think there were, there were stretches of it too, where I don't want to say it felt kind of choppy, but you know, stretches where, Stretches where maybe Gotham felt that they needed to get a little more physical at times just because they also weren't producing a, a ton of uh, shots or looks in, in, in front of goal. I mean, we see Kelly Hara get uh, uh, carded right around the half hour mark and actually subbed out of this game completely yeah. before the, the hour mark. Um, maybe some some different looks or adjustments from Juan Carlos Amoroso to sort of try to change things around or mm -hmm. change the momentum a bit for this Gotham side uh, going up against, let's let's be real, an, an Orlando team that has a lot of um, younger legs and uh, want to try to get some new looks and, and, and different looks in, in front of goal. Messiah Bright, I thought, had a lot of good movement in, in this game on and off the ball, caused some problems, but unfortunately again was another player not able to find the back of the net just sort of felt i was waiting for this this moment i was like man i was like gotham is on the road or excuse me orlando's uh, on the road and and they're putting together and it looks like they're executing their their game plan fairly well but they're not connecting and back of goal and sometimes when you don't you know when you don't connect on your your chances you get you get bitten by that but yeah. on the other side of that gotham wasn't able to to capitalize on that i almost was sort of looking for you know, sometimes your your goalkeeper kind of spearheads the level of play. And some of the saves that um, Abby Smith kind of came up with, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, Gotham's going to yeah. spring and, and make it. But it just it just didn't shake out that way. So they split the points in this one. So um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say that feels right. That feels fair in this kind of game. I almost, I almost kind of feel like, you know, Orlando's going to look back in this game and say, hey, we let, we let some we points should. go. I, I kind of agree with them, right? It, I But I don't think that, like there was a specific moment that I was like, they should have had goals. Like they had good spells of attack and they, they had good moments. I mean, the Abby Smith coming up with big saves, I think there was like two massive ones, but ultimately like the substitutes, I don't think helped Gotham that much. Like that's maybe was a question mark around it. Um, I think Taylor Smith in the front line for Gotham also had really good moments, but they, they looked so individualized, right? Like when, when Smith got on the ball and she could get in behind, she had an early opportunity off the post, almost hit the back of Morehouse and find, found the back of the net, but that didn't happen. Um, but it was all very individualized. Like Smith didn't have a lot of support. Williams didn't have support. They weren't playing off of each other. Um, and that made it rough. I agree, though. I think Seb Hines is going to want this one back. But they didn't drop 
all the points, right? That's silver lining, I guess, for both of these sides. Um, they they stay at least on the positive sides of things in terms of points after this game. Gotham uh, getting that draw and then puts them two in the in the back to back plus column after yeah. this weekend. Orlando is now three games undefeated, uh, but just an interesting way to close out the Sunday. I think. Yeah, take it, take the points where you can get them. I guess in the in the weird week of the season, we've got more games to recap and go through our picks. We'll be back right after a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it shaking. Let's talk a little bit about the status quo. We got some teams who haven't moved at all in the table, and we've got someone else who's the new number one coming out of week seven. Let's talk a little bit about racing Louisville FC versus Chicago Red Stars racing Louisville, getting a win big one, three zero over Chicago Red Stars. Weird. And it just keeps saying, this was, this was the game that set it off in motion. Lisa, this is, this is the game that set off all of the weird energy in week six, because I thought it was just me. And of course I tuned, I, you know, you, you want to reach out to community. I'm like, you know what? Let me hit up, let me hit up the socials real quick and see what everyone else is sort of, you know, kind of feeling about this game. And it just wasn't, it was, a, it was, I think I referred to this in the preview. We said like, this is going to be a little bit of a wooden spoon game going into this week. It respectfully, it was 11 and 12 teams going head to head in this game and uh it looked and felt like that at times throughout this match yes uh, racing louisville says we're handing it off that belongs to you they get on the board not once not twice but three times and they've got the win in the regular season finally to jump them up a little bit in the standings as well we'll go through that um at the end of the game but uh, i think you Welcome the return of a player like Savannah DeMello. We talked about that a lot yep. during the the preview of this game. I believe you had racing as well. I think I had this one pegged at a, as a draw at one point. Correct. Um, but uh, you hate to – you don't ever want to assume that it's going to be like this one player who is going to affect or impact all of this type of change in terms of different looks and, and, and things on the pitch. But uh, DeMello. Massive. Everywhere. Yeah, this everywhere. is – 
This is a player that, I mean, you and I talked about it uh, every single week because she was serving her red card suspension last week and Louisville hurt without her in the midfield, without DeMello. DeMello now back. She had a full week of rest, um, full week of training as well, which helps a player like that. And she's a game changer for this racing Louisville side because not only does she impact the game herself when she's on the ball, the passes that she makes to her players, um, the incredible vision she has, but the way that she sits in between the lines and can turn defenders but the players around her elevate this was one of the greatest games i've seen from jalen howell in a minute because that that yeah. player the same year as demello they're both in their second season in the nwsl this year howell's had some ups and downs whether she was dealing with injury um uh the way that she kind of ended last season wasn't how she wanted to end it personally so she decided to make a change in the off season and she worked her tail off and got trainers and, and got coaches and did fitness and did nutrition and turned herself around to be one of the greatest players in this league. And because of all that and the hard work, Kim Bjorkegren and the team awarding Jalen Howe as the captain of this team in just her second year playing in the league, um, She's an incredibly young player. But this was one of the greatest games that we have seen from Jalen Howe. She was growing into the game so much this year. She sat out a couple of games at the start due to injury, but now we're seeing her really finding her footing. She's playing simple, and that's what's working so well as a player in that defensive midfield role. Um, it, it's wonderful to see how kind of taking those strides and get better. Um, and they also, they ultimately try to get on the board in the opening five minutes, right? Louisville. And then uh, gets called back on an offside goal, but it didn't matter. They ultimately get three. It was pretty open, fast paced this side. Um, and Chicago, they, they struggled a little bit defensively building out. I mean, what'd you see from the Chicago side? I just saw more of the same, which is just, a team that is playing an absolutely frustrating season. I mean, the Red Stars are, it feels, it just sort of feels like the Red Stars are having the season that people anticipated them to have last year, uh, essentially. Um, I think you have some examples of, of two teams who are um, trying to navigate a regular season in light of club uh, sales, you know, Portland Thorns, we'll talk about them soon, but um, they're a team that's on a bit of a skid there and they haven't had a win in, in the last uh, three games. And we've got Chicago Red Stars who just can't seem to to get a win anywhere, really. They pick up their fifth loss of the season, have one win, one draw at this point. Um, I think you have all the off the pitch things that are out of their control. And I think you add in uh, an on the pitch thing no little thing. We're talking about Mallory Swanson and they just don't have a lot of answers right now. And I think uh, you look to your coaching staff to try to provide some of those, uh, those answers. And it's just not matching, you know, on, on the pitch, unfortunately. And I think when you have, you know, uh, defensive pieces, well, you know, who are making their way back. I mean, we're, we're looking at Casey Kruger, who's in her first season back after, you know, from maternity leave, Turner Davidson off of, you know, an ACL rehabilitation. Um, and you're still asking this team at times to sort of play in, in this three back and not really getting midfield support. It's, it's, I think that gets frustrating. I think that yeah. gets tough as a player yeah. mentally to be asked to go out there week to week and know you are just going to be constantly overloaded. And, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I can't imagine that, you know, it's, you're going to get to a point in the season where you can't, you can no longer sort of say like, it's early and we need to try to work on this and we need to, you know, get back to fundamentals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, seven weeks of the season are gone. We're in the full swing of the second quarter of the season. Eventually in a few weeks here, we're going to talk about the halfway point. Oh, gosh. Um, and I don't know if there's a lot of answers for the Chicago Red Stars team um, in light of all of the others, right, that are happening uh, off the pitch um, for this team. So I think it's a, another tragic example mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, lack of support, lack of resources, just a, a lack of unknowns, really. Maybe not so much this, the resources and the, and the support, but there's just a there's a real there's just real question marks around everything yeah. else around the team. And unfortunately you never want to see that, you know, bleed into, to, to performances. Um, but you know, that's a tough loss that that's a tough loss on the road. I think, um, you know, you don't have, you know, players don't want to talk after a game like that. And rightfully so, you know, I believe it was just Chris Petroselli who was available for, for, for post game, I think in that, you know, and I think when you're the head coach in that position, right, you make, you make yourself available obviously, but th- those are, those are tough. I think, all of that is very telling, you know, so um, I don't I don't know if there's a point where you sort of say like, oh, let's try to get a result and let's try to get a win. And that's really going to turn things around. Um, but, um, you know, I think it's you just sort of have to try to listen to the players when they're trying to be honest and when they're trying to, to be open. Um, and, you know, just even off of that loss against Gotham with the listen, they are being available post game, you know, kind of alluding to that, saying this was an incredibly challenging year for the team yeah yeah in a number of in a number of ways so i mean there are so many different ways right off the pitch on the pitch the injuries that they've suffered the questions that they've asked of other players um it was rough it's kind of rough to watch this game rough to watch chicago fall apart this way as well like you you never want to see players uh not be able to perform at their highest or perform really well and and we just did not see that at all from Chicago on the flip side, I think Louisville, they had some individual performances that were really impressive because Louisville um, ends up, of course, three goals, but the way they come about is it's a forced own goal. Um, Alyssa Nair, it's, it's a shot that um, it's a penalty kick actually from Savannah DeMello Mm -hmm. and Monaghan ends up drawing the penalty kick and DeMello hits it off the post and it hits off Alyssa Nair's back, actually very similar to like AD Franch's own goal that happened for Kansas City, except one was run of play and one was a penalty kick. The second goal for Racing Louisville also coming off of a penalty kick. Mm-hmm. This one by Wang Shuang, her first goal in the NWSL. Massive to see from her that coming um, in the stoppage time at the end of the first half. And then at the very, very tail end of the game, the 89th minute, Parker Goins gets the third and final goal for racing Louisville just to kind of seal the deal at the end of the game. I mean, tough to watch. I know for yeah. Chicago fans, great for, for Louisville fans though. They were excited to to have the lavender and mint get the win. For sure. I think, I think teams that, you know, again, at this phase of in stretch of the season, if you're a bottom half table team, not even like a last or second to last place team, if you're just like a bottom half table team, you look, you look for those games. That'll be that kind of springboard for you moving forward and, and maybe try to take that leap. And I think, um, you know, having Shayna Matthews available during that Kansas City current, that one win that they had, I think obviously 
showed some promise, you know. Um, but then you have Racing Louisville, who's able to get a win like this, and maybe this will be the springboard for them, and they can try to continue to go ahead and, and build off that. Yeah. But it's going to come down to to executing tactics on the pitch, and we'll see if they'll continue to build on that moving forward. So we've got Chicago, unfortunately, still at the bottom of the standings in this one, but we've got a new number one when we're talking about the league table, I'm talking about the Washington Spirit, baby. Number one, a 1-0 one win over Angel City FC. But why this way? What a game. It comes down <laughs> to VAR. It comes down to a penalty kick. And Ashley Atch delivers. Delivers. Absolutely. Talk about pressure. Totally. Talk about pressure. Stoppage time. That's not an easy. That is not an easy penalty to convert. That is not an easy place to execute a penalty, but she uh, she goes ahead and does it after 90 minutes plus of a scoreless affair between these two sides. I Look, I enjoyed this game. I enjoyed this game. I think there were maybe stretches of it where folks were like, this is like getting a little out of control. Maybe the officiating yeah. is trying to get involved a little bit out of code. But listen, it, it gave. It gave to me. It gave NWSL after dark. Yeah, I mean, I liked this game for for what it's worth. Um, I'm really happy for Washington to stay undefeated. Frankly, you and I both had Washington Spirit getting the win over Angel City. Just something about Rodman getting a full midweek rest as with Andy Sullivan. Uh, Washington had that Challenge Cup game last week and, and those two players did not play. Um, but Washington in this game, like uh, they have only conceded five times in seven games. And to get the, like, if anything, Aubrey Kingsbury can hang her hat on that, right? That, that the stingy defense, I think Staub, um, has done a fantastic job as she usually does in the center back role. Shout out to Tara McKeone because as a forward converted into a center back is impressive, but Mark Parsons has laid down a defensive foundation for this side and then given the front line a lot of freedom. And when you say Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez, you have freedom to create it creates magic. Now we didn't get to see all that magic during this game. Right. But I think there's pieces of it there. Lisa, seven weeks in Mm -hmm. Washington spared. Number one already have more wins than they did last year. Call me crazy, but it's almost like selling the team and going through the (laughs) and trying to come out of that is helpful. Crazy. Am I crazy? Not crazy at all. (laughs) This team goes from winning the NWSL championship in 2021 to only getting three wins in 2022 to being week seven undefeated top of the table, Washington spirit team right now. I love to see it. Four wins on the year for them. I mean, massive, massive. And the, the style that it came down to, as you talked about in the final minutes of this game, but it wasn't for lack of effort, right? There was an opportunity. I think Sanchez had one or two really good shots. Uh, Didi had coming up with massive saves on a couple of those, just getting fingertips, parrying the shots wide because man, Sanchez can rip a shot or two. Amber Brooks ripped one that looked like it could have knuckled into to the side netting uh there was opportunities but i ultimately- loved i loved the defense in this game yeah. I, I feel like we you and i could speak about that you know a, a, a bit more i think in in front in the preview ahead of this game right you, you look at Alyssa thompson 
the rookie for Angel City. Savannah McCaskill getting a bit more freedom with the arrival of, of, of Julie Ertz. And then we're looking at the spirit with Rodman and, and Sanchez and Hatch. And we're just like, man, this game is going to be fire in the attacking third. And that the defense flipped the script. They mm -hmm. flipped the script. It was scoreless for so long. And we have to absolutely shout out Andy Sullivan with the halftime check-in because there was a lot of energy that yeah, was being, you know, exerted on the pitch when you're trying to contain and isolate some things. And Andy, Andy Sullivan said, hey, no problems over here. Yeah. We're fit as hell. I know. She said, we're fit as hell. And look what ended up happening. Ridiculous. Ridiculous moments uh, down down the stretch. Look for Angel City as well. Uh, Sarah Gordon is back. Oh, we'll stop. Period. Okay, Sam, stop reminding the people of what they may have missed out from her in 2022 with her distribution and her left foot and coming in clutch along the way. Um, I loved this game on the defensive side of things, and unfortunately, it ended with high high drama. Um, folks, Incredibly folks high. out there, you know, saying, "Hey, VAR is is, is not always correct." you know, or, or having some feelings about it. But there's also folks who are like, listen, some that's what VAR is there for, to to make sure that you give the extra look and to, and to, and to pull through with the call. So this happened, right? So the, the way that it happened, stoppage time at the end of this game, um, there's a shot that's taken by Marissa Shiva, I think, right at the top of the 18-yard box. And uh, Vignola is defending, and the ball kind of – hits her upper body and her hands are above her head. So then the ball rolls up and hits her arms and immediately it's called a penalty kick. Then they go through a very, very, very lengthy VAR review to, to determine if it is and what's going to happen. Ultimately it's determined as a handball inside the box penalty kick given to Ashley hatch. She buries it in the 94th minute of this game. So incredible goal. That's how Washington gets the win, but this is a handball. <laughs> I think this, I mean, it is a handball. It is a handball. And the fact that the official caught it in real time and got it correctly, I think is super impressive. Um, no, maybe it's not fair, but like this sport isn't always fair. Her hands are above her head. They're in an unnatural position and it stops the ball from moving forward. That's a handball 110% of the time. Um, and because of this goal, Ashley Hatch then gets her fifth on the year. She, she takes the lead as goal scorer of the NWSL with five goals in seven weeks and the golden boot race is on. It's early, but it's definitely on. I, mm -hmm. I, I you like it. I love it. We've got more games to recap though. Okay. So stick around with us. We're going to close out the weekend right after a quick break. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive. That's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's close out the weekend. Shout out to everyone joining us. We appreciate you all joining us live on YouTube. Thanks for hanging out with us. Shout out to all the moms in the chat or the people who have moms in the chat, people who are celebrating motherhood in the chat. Um, Give us hearts. Give us hearts. We want hearts in the chat. Uh, It could be for Mother's Day. It could be for just hanging out together, but I want to see it in the chat. Let's close it out. Let's make sure we have a good time with these final two games. North Carolina Courage getting the win over OL Reign 1-0 in this one. Lisa, this is another one, I think, that I dropped. I, I was like, look, OL Reign's going to have enough. And they're going to get the win. That didn't happen. That did that, not happen. Nope. I have no problem coming out here and exposing myself. Yeah, you and I both had OL Rain. Both had OL Rain taking the win in this one, and and North Carolina does it. OL Rain said six hours, a six hour flight, can't do it. And unfortunately, narrow scoreline in this one. All it's needed is one from Tyler Lucy, and North Carolina get all three points against OL Rain at home. you love to see that for, for North Carolina Courage. I, I think, uh, look, this maybe comes down to some uh, some tactical game planning. Uh, Sean Ahas, I think this was, a, this was a good game. This was, I think, a, I don't want to say it was a put the league on notice kind of game quite yet because we've got, again, a narrow scoreline here. But you've got um, a top uh, top-tier team. You've got a team that you're going up against who's ultimately considered a contender in 2022 or excuse me 2023 they were the 2022 shield winners mm-hmm. um and you say look this is this is also one of the deepest teams in the league uh when we're looking at at oil rain and, and laura harvey and, and the the personnel and, that she has and it's the team that had the least amount of offseason change i think you can maybe try to run it back but but sometimes in a long season you hit some bumps and sometimes in a weekend that is full of weird stuff, you get weird moments. Uh, and maybe this is, is one of those. Maybe maybe the uh, the team that is going through the, the, re, the rebuild or the retool gets the win over the team that is the contender, right? So I think that was part of the, you know, maybe we're looking at some of the, the that energy in, in, in this one as well. I think when we're looking at, um, the the attacker or, or the 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 offense on on either side of the pitch here, kind of even at times. Yeah. Uh, the goal we have to talk about maybe how this goal uh, occurs again. We're talking about a bit of a oops, a mental lapse? Question mark. Uh, what, what what do you think on this on this goal, Lisa? Yeah, I think a little bit of an oops for sure. The the way that Oalring gives it away, but it's I mean, two claps for. North Carolina because yeah. they're the ones that capitalize on it. It's it's yeah. Madison who picks up the ball and um, deep in the defensive half, um, like 
in the middle of the field, basically Madsen has it and she has her head up and she understands that Tyler Lucy is on the far side and, and Lucy was ready to run. She is ready to get in behind. And yeah. because North Carolina is so deep defensively, it just allows for so much space for Lucy to run. And Madsen plays this really beautiful ball between Sam Hyatt and Lou Barnes in the back line um, and splits the seam of the defenders with the pass. Tyler Lucy uh, cuts on the outside and she just gets in behind the back line. And really Lucy makes it look easy on this one because Tullis Joyce tries to come out and close down the space, but it's just too, too much and too little. It's too late. Lucy finds the back of the net. Yeah. A mistake defensively on OL rain as they give away that ball, but, North Carolina was knocking on the door in the opening 15 minutes. Caroline found the back of the net and ultimately it ends up being called back due to Lucy actually being offside. She didn't touch it, but it was a distraction for the goalkeeper um, on a cross that curls into the back post. So it gets called back, but North Carolina had that taste in their mouth because they celebrated pretty good after that one. Everyone thought it was going to hold and then ultimately gets called back. Thanks to a little bit of VAR, Um, and then another one, but right by Caroline, right before half finds the back of the net, but that one gets called back. Um, fantastic. Ultimately Lucy does it though. 34th minute. She, she gets the goal. Well, we're, we're talking week seven and and we're chatting about off season moves and, and, and giving, um, you know, appropriate props and dap to teams who made these good moves and we're like I alluding to earlier in the episode talking about Abby Smith is maybe under the radar um, key off season free agent signing for, for Gotham, but, you know, maybe for, for North Carolina, you know, engaging in a trade for Tyler Lucy or getting Emily Fox as part of, you know, two good pieces in, in your front line and in your back line to navigate this long season. I mean, you knew they were going to have, uh, an incredible, uh, capable talent in Caroline, even though she's a young player, feel like still getting acclimated and adjusted to certain levels of play in the league. But you knew that you had a special talent here. So who else is going to be that extra outlet when you have a unique and special talent? And maybe in these kind of early weeks, still somewhere that we're starting to see that in, in someone uh, like Lucy. So uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I mean, if you're looking at maybe a week seven upset, Maybe this was it for some. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that happening. I mean, but North Carolina, I don't want to undercut them Mm -hmm. because they're impressive and they're pulling some wins out and and they're putting pieces together. Right. They they're on this almost slow build that they have. But this is their third straight week picking up points in the regular season, their third straight game. Um, Yeah, I guess a little bit of the upset, but I don't it's not to discourage North Carolina by any means. I think they're a very impressive team. No, I think they'll pick up some more, and I think they'll keep uh-huh. upsetting some others along along the way for sure. Uh, let's chat about the final game that we're going to recap here. We're talking about Houston Dash versus Portland Thorns FC. Houston, again, Lisa, talking about maybe games during the season where they're going to be the springboard for some teams who are still kind of trying to figure th- some things out, still trying to solidify those team identities and present – a level of play on the pitch. Is this the one for Houston? Because they get all three points two one over Portland. Yeah. Big for, for Houston to get this win and, and get these points over Portland. Um, you had Portland getting the win. I had a draw in this match happening. Love um, to be wrong. <laughs> same because this was a very, very 
good, important win for Houston. They needed this win. They really did. They were coming off back-to-back losses. They hadn't picked up a win in quite a long time in this regular season. And now as they go out uh, against Portland Thorns, uh, they host this one in Houston. Um, a comeback win as well. Like they had, this had all the pieces of a really good game for Houston because they concede in the first half around the 34th minute um, on a goal from Rocky Rodriguez. That was fantastic. Oh. The assist from Olivia Moultrie. The Holy cow. Kid can play. The link up was delightfully disrespectful. I mean, Oh my gosh. I was it's- like, Olivia, you've got elders on the pitch here. Respect them. And she said, no, I'm just going to cut it right through and make this happen. And it was just great to see that level of, of awareness and IQ from both these players to know that they can combine like that. And it was the kind of goal and link up that sort of made it feel like this was going to go in the direction of Portland. But that's right? not what ended especially, up standing out. Especially the way the first, like – 30 minutes of this game was happening because Portland had good sustained pressure. It was, it was pretty back and forth. They were putting the Houston defense um, on their heels a little bit and, and forcing them to make some changes. And then when this goal happens by Rocky Rodriguez, it's Olivia Moultrie picks it up in mid ish field. It was a corner kick, I believe a set piece. Uh, the ball gets cleared out halfway to Moultrie and Moultrie finds Rocky Rodriguez between like a hairpin Like that's how wide this gap was that Moultrie was able to feed this ball in, in the air. She drives it at Rodriguez and Rodriguez uh, captures it. She controls, brings it down, volleys, finds the back of the net. It was really, really good. But Houston says, hey, there's still a whole other half of football to play. And and we're ready. We are ready for this one. Because they come out in the second half. um, Ebony Salmon playing that striker. She's starting to finally come into her own. She ultimately is the catalyst for the first goal that Houston gets on the board. Because she picks up the ball inside the box. She turns to her right. She's inside the six-yard box. And she makes a massive shot. It's a bullet of a shot that forces Bigsby to fully outstretch and parry this ball wide. But because of how hard it's hit, Bigsby Bigsby keeps it in play, and Joelle Anderson is wide open, wide open. There was no Portland defenders for miles around her, and she just taps it into the back of the net. So that's the opening goal for Houston that equalizes it. And then Ebony Salmon gets one of her own in the 71st minute, her first goal of the season, first goal with Houston this year. Um she was knocking on the door. It was about time that Salmon got a goal. Uh, I mean, I hear, I hear you. Seven, so we're seven weeks, right? We're talking about weird energy of week seven. No Diana Ardornias in this game. Was nope. it meant to be that Salmon finally gets this goal? Yeah. Yeah. I think is, so. Is it? Is it? Is it a like if Salmon if, if this ends in a one-one draw and like Salmon doesn't get the breakthrough on goal without Ardornias on the pitch? Is is this cause for worry? Do you think like, is it like, how is this team still not, you know, gelling quite yet? I would say a little bit. Yes. Because I think that Ordonia shines much brighter than Salmon when they are on the pitch together Mm -hmm. and Salmon needed a confidence booster, right? She needed this game where she 
gets an assist essentially. Yeah. It's not counted as an assist, but she forces the shot that gets the equalizing goal for Houston. She has a number of really good shots that miss just wide. There was one yeah. right before the goal she got that was just nearly wide, and then she finds the back of the net. So now her confidence has just skyrocketed. And if her confidence is incredibly high, then you put her on the pitch with Ordonez, whose confidence is high, as it should be. Maybe they can create some magic together. And that's what Sam Lady's been waiting to for to happen. That's what everyone's been waiting to happen. And it hasn't yet. So I think it's good that she found a little bit of personal success and individual success this week. I, I think the the celebration, right? The body language says it all, just sort of like finally, finally. kind of moment. Maria Sanchez like running to try to be the, the first person to to yep. celebrate, you know, with her at providing the assist, um, continuing to, to sort of always be active on the on the ball uh in, in wide areas and wide spaces and Finally, these two combine and link up for for a goal, which is not something they were unfamiliar with in 2022. And finally, it comes to life in week seven for them. And it, it's ultimately these two connecting for the game winner and all three mm -hmm. points. So maybe this type of performance can springboard them and maybe get them back on track to um, – you know, kind of get back to those early weeks when we were seeing them get those results. This was a springboard week. Right? Maybe. I'm calling it the weirdo week and maybe it's a springboard I week. I think it's instead. a springboard week for, for Houston, for racing Louisville. We also gave them a bit of a springboard okay. in, in their win over Chicago. Yeah, That's maybe. what it was. It was weird because it was a lot of springboard action happening. <laughs> maybe. Perhaps. Well, what does it mean for Portland? Maybe we'll see. This is the team that hasn't gotten a win in uh, in three weeks now. So yeah. win, winless in three. Uh, kind of a, a dip in in, uh, in results for, for a team that uh, started really, really hot to start the regular season. And of course, with the ebbs and flows of a season, that means that the standings got flipped on the script. Let's run them down for you in case you're paying attention. After week seven, Washington Spirit is your new number one. Oil Rain at number two. Gotham FC jumping up to number three. Portland Thorns dropped to number four. Four, San Diego Wave in fifth place. North Carolina Courage at number six. Rounding out the bottom half of the table is Houston Dash, number seven. Angel City at number eight. Racing Louisville at number nine. Orlando Pride at number 10. Kansas City Current, 11. And Chicago Red Stars holding it way down at number 12. That's all we've got today on Attacking Third. Thank you all so much for taking time out of your Sunday evening and joining us and listening to A3. We appreciate you. If you like Attacking Third, make sure you download, follow, and listen to us anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch us too. Go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube so that you get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back this week with even more NWSL content for you all. So stay tuned for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.